Last April, when I was in Ireland, I fell on a cliff. And that's part of my story. Not off the cliff, on it. Uh, that's part of my story, and I'm Julie. I went to the kangaroo in Australia with a car. And that's a part of my story. I'm Maria. And this is Sparks of Madness. Sparks of Madness is a storytelling podcast that illuminates the beauty of our experiences. While capturing those sparks that ignite what it means to be human. Okay, we did it. We did it. <laughs> we got it set up. Yes. And we're good to go. Yes, this is our first time <laughs> recording in person. And one of our guests, which we'll introduce in a second, is clapping because it took a minute, mostly on my end. But we're, we but we did it. We we're did. learning. We're learning. It's first time in person, seeing our guests. How are you doing, Julie? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. My parents are in town, which is a spoiler of what this is going to be. So I've just been like, Hanging out with them. And uh, what have you done so far with them in town? We ate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just been like relaxing. It's different from other trips where there was like something like we had to do X, Y, Z, and this was just like very chill. And like they haven't been here in three years, three years. So it's not, I feel like now when my parents come because we've got we've done I've been here long enough where we've done all the Chicago yeah. things for the most part. Mm-hmm. So like now when they come, we can just. We can sit on the river walk and have a glass of wine and yeah. like, you know, go get a really good meal. And there's like no pressure, there's no stakes. It's just like mm-hmm. nice time together. Yeah, I mean I don't have to do like too many work things. Yeah, it's nice. Especially with that. I don't know. Any <laughs> good meals of note? Uh yesterday we had uh this Mexican food, which I forgot the name of it. Blondie's a lot Tuco Blondie. Tuco and Blondie. Yeah, it was really good, really rich though. Um, it was really good food, and then tonight we're going to Tango Sir, because I'm so excited. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, she didn't meet. Go to it. It's BYOB, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Mm-hmm. I, um, whenever my parents come, we always end up, like, bar hopping the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> My parents aren't bar hoppers. That's okay. My family is super Irish, so that's just what we do. Oh, yes. Uh, we're not. It's just fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, we'll have, like, a nice glass of wine. We're, like, a wine drinkers. And my dad doesn't drink, but my mom and I will have, like, a glass of wine and something. Or good tequila. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> She's making a face. Maybe good. we're feeling courageous. <laughs> Maybe we're getting crazy. But, yeah, it's just been fun, just relaxing. The weather's been nice, which is good. It's beautiful outside. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I was... Uh, Actually, ran into some mutual friends, mm-hmm. Lydia. Yeah, and Lydia. <laughs> just, just the one friend. <laughs> <laughs> and they were sitting out on this patio, and it was like eleven o'clock at night, and it was just—it was so comfortable just to like mm-hmm. sit outside and talk at like seventy degrees on a beautiful, clear evening. It was delightful. And then they forget that it's uh, a frozen tundra the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mind that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm from upstate New York, so that's normal for me. And I'm from the desert, so yeah. <laughs> Speaking of from the desert, uh, our two guests are also from the desert. I know them very well. Julie just met them. <laughs> but they're very lovely. I like them. I'm excited to hear more. Please welcome Joel and Yolanda Kanopkin. <laughs> hey, how are you? Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. My life story, and please have by being married, is a rebuttal to any of you who think you've got your whole life planned out to the 17th decimal point, because I sure didn't, and turned out pretty well. I, we met in a swimming pool. 
at the YMCA in San Jose, California, 1982. The only reason I was in San Jose at all was because I made my college choice based on 15 seconds of overheard conversation by my journalism teachers. San Jose State's got a great journalism program. So I went there. Wouldn't have been there for any other reason. And I wound up in accounting, but it kept me in San Jose. And I was playing basketball at a park one Saturday morning. I'm going up for a rebound. Guy reaches behind me, hits me in the face, cuts my lip open. I talk like this for about a week. <laughs> and I said, well, gee, what am I going to do? Go swimming, because after all, blood and chlorine make such a delicious cocktail, don't you think? <laughs> and it was that day that I met Yolanda. We got married a, a year later, and I, she can tell more of the detail of what happened in the pool that day. But I have few regrets in life, but one I do have is I never thanked that guy for hitting me in the face. <laughs> So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to my lovely bride to fill in some of the details. Boy, his comment was a little scary. I thought he had regrets about me. <laughs> I was ready to, you know, give him a kiss on the knee, you know. <laughs> oh, I mean a kick, isn't it? That's what you said. Both. I have a different approach to what happened that day. And one of them was that I am a professional person. But at one time, when I was 14 years old, somebody hit me with a hockey stick stick and messed up my knee. So given that fact, I spent many years trying to get my knee back in shape so that I could walk straight. And one of the things that I had to do constantly was swim laps. Went to the YMCA because I could swim with good swimmers and do really rapid laps and do half hour to 45 minutes of lap swimming without anybody bothering me. Supposedly, anyway. <laughs> so what happened was, I'm in the third lane, which is a fast lane, and then there's a medium lane, which is a second lane, and then there's a one lane for the slow swimmers. So there I was, being the professional swimmer that I am, not coughing very much, or not spitting out water or anything like that, and doing return laps, and doing my 45 minutes of lap for what I thought was important for my knee, as well as it also made me a more normal, comfortable person. Otherwise, I get really mad fast. <laughs> it's part of my Latin thing. Don't push me too hard because I'll tell you what I feel. <laughs> so in that case, I was swimming along, and I'm doing my swimming. You know, when if you're a heavy swimmer, you know what you do? You have on a hat, a cap, you have on goggles, and you have hearing plugs, and... You do all this stuff, and you have a swimming suit that's not sexy. <laughs> it is a one piece. And so, oops, somebody's laughing at me over here, but that's the truth. I mean, you don't go around wearing a two-piece swimming if you're doing turns and things like that. You may lose pieces that way. But anyway, that's beside the point. So there I was swimming, and I'm doing my laps, and I have a third lane by myself, which is wonderful. So there I go. I swim down one lap. And then I come back, and then when I return back, there's this big, tall, 6'3 guy, and he's going, Hi, I'm here, because I got hit in the face, <laughs> and my lip is all messed up, and that's why I'm swimming here. And I said, Nothing, because I'm swimming. I'm spending my time doing my health. And I go off. And he, he goes, Okay, bye. Come back. And he says, Boy, you swim good. And I said, I swim well. And so he said, okay. 
So I start taking off. So by the way, I'm 5'6", and he's 6'3". So he's, I take off, swimming to the other side of the pool, and he starts to splash, splutter, spit out water, and <laughs> jump behind me. Because he's 6'3", he could hit my, my feet and then keep going, and then when he get tired, he'd stand up in the middle of the road. And I thought, who's this crazy guy? I'm going to tell him the rules when I get back. So I take off, leave him there, and he's still sputtering and swimming and spitting out water every which way and goggling, finally standing up, and I'm going to this guy. So I get to the other end, and I wait for him to come and drag himself to that end. And I said, listen, there are rules in this pool, and you are not in the right lane. He goes, oh really? Oh, that's nice. Thank you for letting me know. And I said, you have to go the line one. And he said, okay, well thank you for sharing. <laughs> so I take off again. I think, okay, get back to my professional stuff and get healthy and blah, blah, blah. And let this man stop talking to me because, you know, I can't see very much of him that he's big enough and tall enough, you know, but hey, that's not what I'm here for. So I come back and he's starting to talk to me as I'm trying to make a turn to make the other lap. And he starts talking again, and he starts following me again. Splash, splash, splat, splat, hitting my knees, and I think, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going, what can I do, you know, to get this guy? I said, listen, I can help you on the other side. Why don't you wait for me over there? And he says, oh, yeah, thank you very much. And he just stands on the other side of the pool on my lane, interfering with my thing. So I said, okay, I'm going to let him do there because, you know, obviously this man did not know how to swim safety-wise. You know? <laughs> I mean, he could be a good, you know, tank that you just let go to the bottom of the pool, but nothing else, you know. So I'm swimming and doing my thing, but he's in my lane, but he's talking to every single woman that can, he can pay attention to. He tells a story over and over again. Okay. Hey, he's in my lane. He's my guy. What's all these women doing here? <laughs> and I think it's none of my business. So I finally gone at least halfway through my exercise, and I stopped to take a breather. And then he starts talking to me. And my husband, Joel, this fabulous swimmer, never stops talking ever since I've known him. And he always has tons of things to say in entertainment. He had that whole pool women going, hi, oh, you're so, you're so sorry, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what the heck, what am I, you know, <laughs> and so I went back there and I started talking to him, and he says, yeah, I, I, I'm from the YMCA, and I do this, and I play a lot of basketball, I play this, I do this, blah, 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 he said the one thing that I needed to hear, racquetball, I'm an avid racquetball player. And my partner had decided to get married and go away for a while, and I was losing my racket part. I'm very concerned about my health, so I'm always looking for <laughs> good players. And I said, you play racquetball? And he says, yes, I do. I do a really good racquetball. And I said, okay, that sounds good. He says, do you want to play racquetball with me? I said, maybe. You know, swim back. And then the girls flutter in, hi, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and so I come back and I think, okay, what's this going to be like all the time? So I go back and I say, he says, 
yeah, let's play racquetball. And I said, okay, I'm done with my swimming. Let's go play racquetball. Let's set up a time for racquetball. He says, well, I need your number. I said, okay, I'll give you my phone number. And I'm thinking, am I getting into trouble or what? This guy is so nice and sweet and everybody loves him. I don't know if I love him or care for him right now, but I need a racquetball partner. You know, and I think he can take it. So I give him my phone number, and then as he's getting out of the pool, he says, oh, by the way, um, I don't have my glasses on. I really don't know what you look like. I can't see very well. So can you give me a tell me what you look like and what your full name is? Did I tell you that I was Latina? <laughs> and then my temperature is very, very high. And I said, you don't know what I look like and you want to back up on Yeah, you know, well, let's play racquetball. Believe it or not, I even went after that. Even when my roommate, Kathy, said, are you crazy? <laughs> he could be a murderer, a killer. You know, what are you doing giving somebody a stranger your phone number? And I said, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I, I'm taking a racket with me, you know, so if I have to protect myself, it's okay. You're just crazy, man, crazy. <laughs> so needless to say, I did go to the racquetball, and we had lots of racquetball play, because we both were very into being energetic about cycling, racquetball, you name it, we did it. We loved movies, we loved this. But it took a, one thing that happens is that I'm very picky. And I told him exactly what I expected, and he'd say, "Yeah, sure, that sounds good." And I'd say, "Like, yeah, I really got to hold him." You know? <laughs> and all of a sudden, I found myself in this tangle where he would say yes to everything, but it wasn't always. It was just more to calm me and make me understand that he was a better person than I was, and that I should listen to some of the things that he had to say. So. Believe it or not, I was patient enough because sometimes it's difficult for me to believe that people are so nice and giving. But my husband, Joel, for 39 years almost, has been nice and giving and very patient with me, but boy, does he need a lot of patience. This <laughs> is my husband, Joel, is going to say stuff. Well, we, I'm, not, I, I'm not much of a swimmer, so you have to ask why I was doing this, what I was doing is pool with a lot of serious swimmers and because I didn't know any better. I'm more of a floater. And I grew up, which is interesting because I grew up like five miles from the ocean in California. And the first time I, well, I think I'd be known each other maybe five, six months when Yolanda asked me if I'd ever consider living in Arizona. She'd been there. I had never at that point in my life set foot in the state or nor had reason to. So I, I didn't know what, how to answer that, but here was the significance of this. That was the first time the thought occurred to me that she might take a marriage proposal seriously, because I was thinking about it. It was about two months after that we actually got engaged. But I had nothing going on in San Jose or anywhere else in California that I couldn't leave behind. Okay, well, I... So I said, yeah, we wound up traveling down there, down to Phoenix, Memorial Day weekend. It was a, a balmy 115 degrees. And at that point, we'd gotten engaged. And I went, we went and had lunch somewhere after we landed, and we're traipsing, we're traipsing through the Arizona State University campus, and 
I was, I could, if I hadn't had her with me, I would have been sprinting around the campus. We got married that summer, August 19th, and we wound up moving two years later. And I can still traipse around the Arizona State campus or anywhere else in Phoenix. But we're coming up on 39 years, two children, one of whom is responsible for <laughs> arranging this podcast this afternoon. And I don't think we're going anywhere except on an occasional trips someplace. Awesome. Great job. Yay. Yes. That was actually like kind of a perfect amount of time. I know. I feel like with two people, there's like should be a little more for sure context. So that was yeah. great. Okay. We're going to ask you some questions. Uh, first question. I thought dad was 6'4". Did he shrink? No. Are you asking me the question? <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying 6'3", and dad was like, uh, you can't visually see it, but he was like, uh, uh, go ahead. What? No, I'm 6'4". <laughs> so my daughter Maria is asking me this silly question. <laughs> She's only known me all her life. <laughs> the one thing I never do is get technical about numbers. That's why I married Joe. He is technical. I am not. I am more of a person that can make stories up and get <laughs> approximations. So, so somewhere between 6'3 and 6'4, that's good enough for me. I mean, I don't need to know that he's 6'4. I could take a measurement of, you know, one of those things and take a measure of him. But, you know, you got the gist of it. So, he's tall. Oh, I'm sorry. He's 6'4. Let's see if I can remember at the next time I think about it or somebody asks me that. Now, how, how, how it is I managed to raise a daughter, how we managed to raise a daughter who's engaged to a tall accountant, I'll let the listener come to his or her own conclusions. Wes is 6'5 okay. specifically. So you, you give me an inch and take one away from him. I think he's at least two inches taller than. Yeah, no, if Tina's listening, Tina points out, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, points out that I mentioned at least once a week how tall Wes is, so I have to be <laughs> does, does your listening audience know that he's an accountant? Uh, he works in numbers, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't think we've ever mentioned this before. Yeah. I didn't actually know that either. But. Yeah, yeah. That's what we, he does. We were talking accounting Friday afternoon. Oh. <laughs> and that's so wonderful to listen to. Mom, it's like a, you have a conversation. This is the conversation part. Well, I'm giving you the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you, Rob, on that. that. That sounds like you'd have to be in that business to really appreciate that kind of conversation. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I was sitting next to that conversation, if I would be uh, actively listening. Or I was not. See, I'm retired, so I don't get to talk accounting very often. Sure, I get that. I get that. Yeah. They were really good at their accounting, but who knows what they say. <laughs> so um, I love that story so much, and I love that you both have very different um, takes on what was happening at the time in the pool. Um, <laughs> but I, when you were first re talking about it and all the splashing and kind of how you were giving some, some uh, attention to Yolanda, I, as a listener, I almost said hearer, uh, <laughs> listener, uh, thought that, that that could have been potentially flirting. Was that part of it, or were you just actually like not a great swimmer? You, I'm, I'm actually not a great swimmer, but that said, if you think I was flirting, you're giving me way too much credit. <laughs> so wait, and, and Yolanda's story, it sounded like you're flirting with everybody, but in actuality, you were just a not, bad swimmer. A, a bad swimmer. <laughs> I was legitimately a bad swimmer, and I didn't really care 
who my audience was. If they happen, there were five or six people. They all happened to be female. If there happened to be a male in there, I probably would said the same things. <laughs> and you took it as flirting. I'm a lot more observant about what <laughs> people do about flirting and communication. So I can tell the difference what flirting is versus just being cordial and nice. Oh. I'm sorry, but you know, Jeez. if you are a single woman and there are men around or women around and the women are circling somebody like vultures, you know that it's not just conversation that you're doing. So in other, in other words, there was, there was flirting going on, but it wasn't necessarily on my part. <laughs> it sounds like the YMCA was like a real hot spot. Right, in the 80s. <laughs> well, still is. <laughs> even though I haven't been in a YMCA, and well, the one we were in the one that uh, I think we left there about 15, 17 years ago. Oh, in Tempe. In the next town over, and then it outlived its usefulness to us. We went to other facilities. Mm-hmm. So, no, I haven't been to. I can't tell you about the sociology of the YMCA these days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my parents still go to the YMCA, but they're like in their um, like early seventies, so they get that like really great senior discount. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but they're very active in their health as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just, I, I think it's so fun to think of, like, because it just sets a beautiful scene at this YMCA. Of, right. Like, and it's just things are so different now. It just, I, I love kind of this window into um, kind of like what dating was like that at that time. Yeah, without app, apps and like, apps and social media and just technology in general. And like, I love when you were like, oh, and I gave him my phone number, and I immediately was like, oh, because you'd have to call. Yeah. To on make a telephone, plans. on a landline. Yes, I had one of those once. It was a long, long time ago. We had we had one too. I just remember this like long. I've mentioned definitely the cord phone, so I just remember sitting on it, and we couldn't like leave very far. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, the fact Wes and I met in person, but through a friend is, like, so unusual now, because a lot of our friends are, like, even before I met Wes, like, just, I don't, I, my last people I've dated were all, like, on apps, because you don't want to, I don't know, dating a friend is, like, kind of weird now, I feel. I think we all just know too much about each other, assume That's we do, true. because of social media, so when yeah. it's a friend, it feels like you know too much. Yeah, and then you're, like, judging them out of context of an image or something. And, and every and every time any of you do go out on a date, it's followed by about ten different commentators. Probably been a lot of marriages that have been damaged, that have been destroyed that way, or potential marriages. I mean, yeah, the group text is very powerful. <laughs> which Especially is why, which, which yeah. is why I seldom do it. I mean, social media. I'm kind of anti-social. I, you did get a Facebook a year or two I did, ago. A few years ago, and yeah. I never actually posted anything except comments on other people's stuff, and never anything even remotely controversial. Yeah, most of it is. Yeah, you'll and, make a joke here or there on Maya's things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, one of my notable accomplishments in life is that I have never once tweeted. I, I'm very proud of that, and I tend to keep that. <laughs> Just to go sideways, sideline here. This is Yolanda again. You can tell. I love it. Keeping it in. So, social media, not very good at it. But I do text. Because I know that the people I text are all younger than me. And they respond to texts more than phone calls. Yeah. So, I try the phone call every now and then. But I do the texts. 
and you know, I, it works very well. Other than that, you know, I just look at people and say, man, they get carried away with everything these days. I think you probably talked to me, Nathan, uh, my brother, and your sister on the phone. Sometimes if she's able to answer the phone or hear it, you know. But mostly the the deal here is for, you know, not so young people. I didn't (laughs) say I was older. I'm just more mature. But we tend to, we're good at writing. And, you know, the text thing is, you know, you don't put punctuation into it. So sometimes when I do my punctuation, then I do another text to the same person. They say, what happened to your punctuation? (laughs) Or I send you a beautiful picture and you're like, nice. And I'm like, well, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) That that teacher who got me to San Jose State, she she didn't know about this. I had told hundreds of people this story about how I got to San Jose in the first place. And somebody asked me, well, does that teacher know? And she didn't. So about three years ago, I was able to, this is one of the reasons I do use Facebook occasionally. I, I reconnected with her and uh, we exchanged stuff every now and then. And she said, how do you, she, she's 78 years old now. And she recently posted something and said, how do you know I'm old? Because I text in complete sentences. <laughs> but, uh, what was her response when you told her that she's she, she wanted, Yeah, she said, I, I remember you, uh, you know, it, uh, she was very happy to have played a part, such a significant part in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually she asked for pictures of the four of us, Yeah, my brother, uh, by, by Sunday, excuse me, and, oh, she was very happy because she, you know, she likes to hear from all her old students, and sometimes we see pictures of them, and I think what I keep hearing is that Facebook is more becoming the province of us buddy-duddies, and, uh, yeah. and I I've never, I've never even looked at, I never even used Instagram. I wouldn't, wouldn't even know how to TikTok. Don't even get me started. <laughs> and uh, you like you know, what you world, like. The, yeah, I like what I like. I mean, the world does not, and I'm very careful what I post. I mean, the world does not need to know that I just took a bite of my mashed potatoes, <laughs> and uh, just I, 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 I'm a big internet user, but most of these social media apps, not interested for the most part. I mean, I don't think you're missing much at this point. I think yeah. we've gone far enough to that we've all realized the, the evils of social media mm-hmm. um, for the most part. So yeah. yeah, I just have a comment to you, Maria. One is, <laughs> I love all your pictures. But because I text, I don't write a lot. I don't write pictures, and, I mean, lines and lines of text. Especially if I'm doing something and everyone's saying, oh, this is great. But I'd rather call her and discuss and talk to her how beautiful her work is. Yeah. Because she is a really good photographer. Mm-hmm. By the way, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> mine, just, mine just come out a little more fuzzy. You've gotten right? better. We, Leisha, my cousin, who is a professional photographer, and I have taught you a lot. Yes, but they still come out a little shy and stuff. I tend to have more of a skill on it in terms of my personal preferences. But yeah. If you think I deserted you because I don't say how wonderful your pictures are every time. I'd rather say it in person because that's something social media does not let you do. The human connect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's wrong with sometimes is that we're so into this other stuff that we just never have the touch or the communication of saying how wonderful you are verbally mm-hmm. and personally. And 
that's what I tend to do. I, you know, me and my group of people that I've grown and developed throughout my professional ability, they all still come back to me. And yeah. they all want to talk to me physically, even though they'll send me their texts and their numbers and stuff. But eventually they, they say, let's go have coffee, let's go do this. Oh, I'm going to, you know, San Francisco. In I'm sorry? In person, remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's, oh, this is wonderful, because you guys do a fabulous job. This communication right now is that somebody's going to be laughing and giggling and saying, <laughs> those crazy parents, I don't know if I want that kind I, of parent. I think people like hearing from people's parents if they're friends, and they, like, I, I remember meeting Julie's parents, and it was, like, really cool to say, like, oh, this is where Julie's from, and I think <laughs> she's, and we both are very similar in that fact of meeting a friend's parents. I think she's understanding me a little bit more because it's a little different when you grow up with somebody or you all go to the same school because you're seeing all their family mm -hmm. versus like moving to another place. You get like, you get a piece of them, but you get a little bit more to the puzzle when you like meet their parents and meet in person. You know, so it's cool. really, it, it's changed the world and I'm not, it, it, yeah, it's kind of a mixed blessing. I, I study a lot of American history and I, I'm aware that we had a president in the late 1800s who uh, first got married when he was president in the White House at the age of 50 or 51. So <clears throat> can you imagine any president of the United States having a relationship and they were, that might lead to marriage today? I mean, just can you imagine everything that would blow up before they ever got to that point? I, I, I'm oh. very, I have a very hard time conceptualizing any president. I mean, I feel like, I, I feel it would be a little different, but I feel like it would be similar to watching like, Prince William and Prince Harry and them um, dating people because mm -hmm. that was only within the last 15, 10 years. Yeah. And like the amount of work that was done by the media and press to like criticize and or like comment on that kind of relationship. I feel like it would be very similar except much higher stakes because it would be the president of the, the president free of the United States world. Actually, the, the president of the United States actually has a job. That's, that's other, true. Other than being a tourist attraction, <laughs> for sure. I'm, it, that's what I, like. That would be, I think, in my mind, like the closest, yeah, thing that we would have for context in that type of situation of like current times. But I think it would be a far worse situation. There's just so much like people can comment and stuff, and that's also I think so. Uh, some backstory, like I don't do social media marketing anymore, which is I did, and part of that is the change of what it was when I first started to when I kind of left it in 2017, 2018, and to like my new job is still marketing, but it's different type, it's like more e-commerce, but a lot of that was seeing all like, oh, it was a lot more negative, a lot, and also like for my, myself, it'd be like, oh, they hung out and they hung out without me, when in fact, like most of the time when people hang out, it's just of whoever's in the vicinity or who's ever in that conversation. So I think like we're in an interesting part of like it helps us communicate and keep in touch with people and connect, but also has that negative thing and like our brains are truly not used to all that stimulus to happen. So yeah. If you were all dating, like if you if and when how the apps are and how modern dating is now without everything, how would you, how do you think you would react to it? Repeat the question again. If you were, so say like when you were dating, when you first started dating or when you, before you were married, if you had like the dating apps and like social media, how do you think you would have reacted or adapted to that? So the first thing my family said was, are you seriously want to marry this guy? I mean, you're not the type. You're always doing something all over the world. What would you want to marry? 
And I said, well, I'm going to marry somebody that's older because they'll die faster and I can end up with the money. <laughs> so I meant it as this humor, but they, their mouth dropped. This is my family who's very conservative Hispanics. And the next thing was, did you know he was Jewish? And I said, yes. And they said, so when is he become a Catholic? My sister, every other month, would say, or every other day, when we visited her, my older sister, Olga, she'd say, when is he becoming a Catholic? Is he going to be Catholic? Three years down the road, when is he becoming a Catholic? So there was that. Then there was the family, which is very large, and they're very protective of their women and men and everything else. And Maria can probably give you stories on her, our family's protection of her boyfriends and things. Not Wes, but other people. And so they all came to me and said, man, he's tall. And he likes to play games. But, you know, he can't cook. <laughs> and when he helped us with the tamales, they ended up on, the masa ended up on the floor. <laughs> so, my sister Norma said, he's very nice, but he's very tall. He's a little clumsy. And I'm thinking, who in the world asked these people to give me this feedback? <laughs> <laughs> to me, that reminds me of the social media. I had lots of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Lots of social media that contacted me. The beginning of our wedding, we had a wedding party. One of my aunts, who only has three kids, decided that she should bring most of the world to our party. We asked her to, you know, send us a RSVP, and it's, you know, she only had three kids, and they were gone, so I said, it's only the two of them, and we can really fit it into our party. We got her, res um, the res her response. There were 30 people on the response. And my husband said, what? <laughs> There's 30 people. What are we going to call her? This your aunt, 30? There were people from Mexico, Chicago, all over the place who wanted to come to my party or to the wedding party. And then the rest of the family said, don't worry about this. We'll, ki we'll kill a cow or a pig and we'll make all the food and we can bring everybody we want. So that would have been 500 people extra. And I said, no, we're just having a small wedding. So for me, social media and, com and connection was very intense with my family. Mm -hmm. It used to be called gossiping and trying to change people's way of life by telling them what was right according to them. So that's what we dealt with. Now we see it in writing. Mm -hmm. And it's um, what I call, it's not available. It's not a person talking to you. It's somebody who just throws something at you whether it's positive or negative. And you kind of read it and say, thank you for sharing. And I do a lot of sharing, and then I use my my shredder garbage can to put everything <laughs> else in it. But I mean, to me, if we, I've seen what happens with the staff that I've had and the friends that I've had who are young, and I mean young in the 30s and 20s who have gotten married. They have all these fabulous things happening with their weddings and everything else. And two years later, they said, we just spent $40,000, and we could have, not, we have this many bills, you know. And so, but they have beautiful pictures, and they're all over the social media, and all of this, and the advertisements are good. So to me, 
you know, shaggy dog story that I am, <laughs> yeah, I love the dog stories, is it's a wonderful place, but you have to learn how to manage it. Mm -hmm. And it works on the other side of the wedding situation. I read maybe a year ago about this woman, I think she lives in England, and she was having some severe financial problems, which she was able to trace back to the fact that she keeps getting invited to all these weddings of people that she's never met except on social media and they're in various other European countries so by the time you travel to all of them mm -hmm. and get whatever you have to wear to go to those things and you know even the the newlyweds haven't met this woman but she some, somehow got invited to the wedding and she feels compelled to go because if I went to this one's wedding I have to go to the other one's wedding like I said, it does help to be anti-social. It, uh, help, it helps your checking account. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> there is some positive things about oh, sure. it. I'm just giving you the social media has always been in my family. All that's changed is the technology. Yeah. No, I guess I never thought about it as like gossiping, but yeah. in a lot of ways it is. It's just kind of like... You have it in writing so you can hold the receipts and pull people accountable. Like, right here. Remember when you said this? Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is, for the generations and for the time frame, this is the appropriate thing to do because that's what all people do. Yeah. But there's still people that do it the way they want to do it as person to person. And, sure. and I, I just happen to be working with a lot or you know, being involved with a lot of people who need to have that personal contact. Even if it's going to be Zoom this time because of what's happening. But yeah. I mean, um, you know me, I'll stop talking when you tell me to stop talking. <laughs> I want to go back real quick yeah. um, and just kind of complete this timeline because I might have missed this detail. But I know you, you about five or six months after you said you had started dating, you were considering a move to Arizona. And obviously, I, having known Maria, that did happen. You did move. Um, but did you get engaged before or after you moved? Kind of like, how did that work? We got engaged, I think she first brought this up in January or February. We'd met in August of the previous year. Mm. We got engaged in early April. So, like, as, I, as I did say, it was the first indication that she might take a marriage proposal seriously because I was not going to move, eight, quit my job, move 800 miles to another state if I wasn't married. My parents were married 58 years till death did them part. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know anything else. <laughs> you know, this is forever. Mm -hmm. I, I literally don't know anything else. So yeah, we got engaged because Yolanda had a trip to Arizona, some kind of work-related trip planned for some time in March, and then we got engaged and we came down for Memorial Day weekend. It was 115 degrees. It's not always 115 degrees on Memorial Day. There have been some day, some Memorial Days in the 70s, but. That's not the norm. Yeah, no, we weren't quite engaged yet. Uh, I called my parents on their anniversary to tell them I was getting married. And maybe this is one of the advantages of not using social media. They had never met her. <laughs> my mom kind of sort of knew that I was kind of sort of meeting someone when I went down there for Christmas time. That was when I went up to Salinas to going where Yolanda's sister lived, and I wound up on a Tamale assembly line, and didn't, obviously not doing a very good job of it. Uh, at that, as of that day, I had never even eaten a tamale in my life, let alone made one. <laughs> I ate one that night, 
It was not one of the ones I had a role in playing, I think. <laughs> but uh, we got engaged. At the time we got engaged, we met each other. It had been about eight months, and we got married that August. Again, going back to social media, <laughs> when we finally were getting married, and we, were, we had a, a small wedding, but we had a lot of friends, and they were all betting as to when I would get married, if I would show up. They just really did not believe that I was going to make it through. And so there was a lot of people that were doing socially conversations about what were the odds that she would not show up. Why do you think that was the case? Because I, I'm a very outspoken person, mm-hmm. and I tell you what I feel and how I feel it. And um, I had an opportunity to do a lot of things with a lot of people, and they knew that I had very strong feelings about how I wanted to get married and with I wanted to get married. I'm, I'm what it's called a vaga mundo, which means uh, I love to travel all over the world. I'm also very, I was very poor at that time, but I figured ways to travel the world mm-hmm. through conferences, through school. I was always somewhere. I didn't have time to think about getting married to somebody and settle down. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the world. Plus, I'm also very cautious and, cant- and concerned about the world at that time. Being in the health field, I wanted to go help people in Latin America. I wanted to help people in different parts of the world, and I had friends that were doing that. So, I mean, I could get up and go. And somebody would pay me to do that, which is wonderful, because if you don't have money, it's a good way to make money of doing stuff that you want. Right. So, given that, to me, they knew my strong beliefs and how I wanted to do my life and where I was going to do it. Marriage was not in the, the package at that time. Mm-hmm. because the world was waiting for me to do things that I wanted to do. And I even told Joe, I said, you know, I'm going to South America for six months. He says, that sounds interesting. <laughs> this guy always says this when he's meaning no, you know, but it's okay because I'm going anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, you asked the question why and why I didn't want to get married. It wasn't that I didn't want to get married. I wasn't ready for it. So I made up things like, I'm going to marry an old man that can die in six months so I can have his money and go travel. <laughs> that was a makeup thing. You know? Right. You know, those kind of things. Was it made up when you told me you wanted to have ten children? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you how I responded to that or how I, what I thought of it. I said, I don't know if she wants to have ten children or not. I do know this. Once, if we ever get to the point where we do have children, after one or two, she'll stop well short of ten. <laughs> So I, I didn't register, it didn't register. It's a, and my response to that was, damn, he didn't go for it. He could have run. I have long prided myself on my obliviousness. <laughs> I have an exploratory imagination, and sometimes people get overwhelmed with it and say, let's talk to you a little bit later. <laughs> and I'll say, because I, like I said, I do a lot of health and education for people, mm-hmm. as well as businesses. And sometimes those businesses do not want to talk to me because I'm always asking for help for someone else or doing something or figuring out how they can donate to the cause of health. And some of them said no. And people will get, you know, and I just smile and say, walk away and say, no doesn't mean no. It's just going to be later when I can get you the way I want you. Yeah. yeah. And it's worked all my life. <laughs> So, yes, you know, did I want to get married? I didn't know that I wanted to get married until I fell in love with Joe. 
Mm. And that, that, you know, because of how I was raised, is you don't fool around with people. You, if you're going to commit to somebody, you commit for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. and, and you need to know the person that you're marrying or you want to know that you have that already secured. I mean, I knew I had it secured because we were really good at doing things. And he was calm and patient with me because if you can hear it now, you know, it's, I'm a little prickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so for me, you know, like, this guy could take anything and make me do what he wanted to do together. And we learned to do that together. And we've also taught our children that. Fortunately, Maria's more like me than her dad. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple things you said where I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, I know these qualities because Maria is very much the same. <laughs> although, although one thing Maria inherited from me and not Yolanda is the love of sports. You'll, Maria will actually watch an entire game. Mm -hmm. Yolanda might come in for five minutes. I mean. Our Diamondbacks baseball team won the World Series in 2001 <laughs> with a rally in the ninth inning. And when the winning run was scored, I jumped up, almost broke Maria's ankle. <laughs> but where it was Yolanda, she was taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I must have... It, it was, must have been a great shower. No, no, no. I, all my life, for 30 years, I was avid in sports. Avid, playing, swimming, everything. But after a while, I got into other things, and I enjoyed it. But if you didn't hear it before, I'm also very critical of how things are done, <laughs> and I want it to work the right way. So I ask 10,000 questions every time I'm at, sitting at a sports arena. Like, why is he pitching so slow? He's got 90 <laughs> pitches. What are they still having him in there? I mean, look at how that is. And Joe's going, we play 109 games. I said, so I'm sitting here with this guy not doing his job? And look, at the other, the other guy in the play is doing this. So my credibility, critic ability, is that I tend to be very hard on sports, including what I do. So I tend to back off and just find what happened in the beginning, what happened in the middle what happened in the end. And it works really well that way. I don't get too excited and too mad about what anybody is doing anywhere else <laughs> for $10,000 million. You know? And so I love sports at a distance. <laughs> so, although, although she made a really perceptive comment once, probably more perceptive than anyone I heard talking about this on ESPN, uh, the team in the Bay Area, the Golden State Warriors, we, was, we had lived there when we were married before he first got married, they drafted a guy one year who, when he was in college, uh, had just gotten himself in all kinds of trouble, including stealing st uh, stereo out of someone's dorm room. And he was physically talented enough that he got drafted third. And so I'm watching the draft on ESPN, and somebody's talking about this guy after the Warriors drafted him third. And Yolanda comes in, sees they're talking about this guy. She said, who drafted him? I said, uh, the Warriors. And she said, Oakland is no place for a guy who steals stereos. It was a definitive comment about the guy. It, he flamed out in the NBA within two years, I think. Uh, so I do listen to her on sports up to a point. 
uh, if I believe she's saying something within her knowledge base, I'll go, I'll go along with it. But if not, I'll just, she'll watch her five minutes and I'll just go on with the rest of the game. <laughs> so Maria, I want to, I want to ask you actually. Oh, okay. How much of this have you heard before in terms of like the story? And is there anything that surprised you from, from this discussion? Uh, I, I didn't know about the flirting people <laughs> and also my dad flirting or his, his, his thinking, but then also like when my mom was telling a story about these women flirting and then all of a sudden like, like, oh, I want to, why are you talking to my man? I was like, oh God, I'm like my mother. <laughs> uh, but for most of it, it's just always fun. That's why I was like, oh, I want to ask questions, but I like, know the answer to it, you know? <laughs> Um, I've heard most of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, one thing that like we were really big on is telling stories and keeping them alive. Like my mom and I were having a discussion earlier this week of like when growing up she didn't know certain things because you just never talked about it. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm like, oh, we talk about stuff all the time because we're like keeping that history alive. Especially mm -hmm. like no matter the culture, like oral history and storytelling is what keeps these things alive and going. So it's sort of again like what we discussed about this podcast. We're like capturing capturing a time which I really like so mm -hmm. so I knew most of this <laughs> what surprised me most and this is Yolanda again Maria's mother <laughs> I know <laughs> that's okay just in case she can always add it I, I love it yeah. I mean who knows I mean they may think it's Maria and maybe because we're so sim similar you know? oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you really never know that your family is similar to your internally personalities mm -hmm. until you start to pay attention. So I'm always amazed by how similar Maria and I are. I'm always amazed how I'm very similar to my son as well. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not necessarily that they have all my personality because that's just unique. But um, I think that I finally became aware of that if you pay attention to your family and your close family, you have better, you understand that there's less negativity because they're more like you than you think. And you can't blame them for things that they do or that you do unless you look at yourself internally and externally. And I've been very amazed how similar pieces of my children are the same. And sometimes when Maria calls me and tells me something, I think, She's talking like me. What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Maria, you can't do that. It's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes you'll be, you'll get mad because some of that. I'll do something that reminds you of your mom, and like oh, yeah. you know, like certain outfits or like <laughs> whatever. You'll be like, oh my god, you're just like my mom. Well, so it's, it's a history of I don't know if it's genetics, but there's behaviors that are similar to all of us that you can find in the history of your family yeah. if you pay attention. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people are angry with each other as well as themselves, and they don't pay attention as much as they could be. Right. And that's an interesting concept that I never saw coming. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, because like I said, our social media from our family was everybody was telling everybody what was happening and what they did and how they did it. <laughs> and, you know, did you hear about, you know, so-and-so and, you know, he's out drinking too much or whatever. Um. Now that you're coming up on your 39th wedding anniversary, uh, what is a piece of advice you'd give to couples to, for, to last as long as you all in plus? Well, I said this a little earlier. 
never forget that this is forever. We have a friend who is a family mediator. He works with couples where marriages are breaking up. And we, I, I've known this guy since the 90s. And he said to me once, here's what's different about you and Yolanda. You made the decision once, and that was it. He said, I have clients who decide every day that they're going to be married, and then one day they decide they're not married, or they don't want to be married. And it's a lot easier. Once you make that decision, every smaller decision, however important it may be, becomes a lot easier to make. I mean, we we disagreed on all kinds of things about money, about how to raise the children, what tortilla chips to buy, you know, things like <laughs> really important stuff like that. But once we made that decision, I mean, I was working for a company whose headquarters were in Minneapolis, and my boss was getting my annual review, and he said, you know, if you're interested, we think you there's some jobs up at corporate you might be interested in. And, might be qualified for, and I said, well, I appreciate that, but I married Yolanda knowing that she wanted to live in Arizona, and we're not going anywhere. You know, that's a pretty major decision, you know, if, mm -hmm. if, if he'd made it, but it was very easy to make. So, I, you know, as I said, my parents were married 58 years, I don't know how long your parents were married, but until that, till that- Early in their life, but they yeah. were in the 30s. Till death did them part in both cases, and you know, make the commitment and stick with it. Don't give your don't give yourself a back door. Just to clarify a little bit of that, if it's not warm weather, I'm not going. <laughs> I can't I can't even go to San Francisco and watch a game there with the it getting cold at the end of the day. I. But by the way, we're in Chicago, of course, you guys know that. In July? But in July, and I still brought a jacket, because <laughs> I like to be warm. This is really nice weather here, but if it gets too cold, minus, you know, maybe 65 degrees, I'm shivering. So that's one thing. What advice could I give to people? Yeah, to last I as long as y'all. It's not a, it's not of selection, it's not a point of what you can reach or do, it's how person you're involved in, are you really, really have the same kind of ideas, values, or the needs that you want. If in the first three weeks somebody's going one way and the other one's going the other way, you're just playing the game, you know. And I could tell you, like, it'd be a little coarse about it, but you know, there's the whole thing that People just get together because, you know, whatever. You know. But it's not necessarily to be together. They just want to party and have stuff. And, you know, I, what would I give you? I can only give you my experience was you know when you know. And you have to wait a while to see if that same person knows who you want to know. I mean, because those of us who get that bell rang, for me, you know, I was already never going to happen mm -hmm. for another six or ten years for all I knew. And suddenly, oh my God, this is a nice person. Oh my God, he's giving me everything I want. Oh my God, he stops me from being crazy. 
know, <laughs> <Sure>. spending <laughs> money, spending money, or because uh, that's a different story. But I mean, what can you do? And part of it is what you've heard from positive people. And again, I work with a lot of people in their 30s and 40s, and sometimes they come to me and say, "How did you do it? I can't stand him anymore." You know, and, uh, or he's drinking too much. And I say to the persons, and it could be male or female, pick the choices that you want. If it's not still fitting, you need to change. If it is fitting, or you need to communicate better. Communication isn't always what you do in bed. Mm -hmm. It's how you, you handle your values, how you handle funds. I've seen people that have separate funds and they're married and they have a 20-20% that they may not make it because they're not sharing funds, they're not sharing values, they're not sharing anything. They just want certain things. Well, you have the car I like, or you have the house I like, or, you know, I don't want to have kids right now, whatever. All of those things have to go in. But when you get together, the person has to have, you have to have the same kind of interest, the same, and, I, and you know, Joel and I do not have the same kind of social interests and things like that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We let each other go to do what's personal for them. But we always come back together. You know? I'm not taking him to church because, you know, he'll come. He comes more than I do, by the way. But I mean, but, you know, I don't always go to games with him mm -hmm. because he knows that I get tired and start nagging about why the game isn't going the way I want it to go, you know. And that's not comfortable for him. So I'll go say, let's go have some ice cream and let's walk all the way around the other side of the game. I don't kind of thing. And we'll leave after the seventh inning. Yes. Win or lost, I don't care. You know. I and don't. she doesn't play racquetball anymore, I still I still play. In fact I would probably be playing right now if we were if we were still if we were in Phoenix. But I mean do you want the magic word thing? The magic word is what do you want and who has similar wants? And the first thing is you have to care for the individual. Mm -hmm. Not love, but understand that this is a good person. But if it's if those values that you have, you know, down the road are not there or those needs are not there, you know, it's not going to work because there's gonna be a break. And I've seen it so much, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm just waiting because, you know, Joel will say, you were on that person, you were with that person for a while. That's, you know, my, my game is, or my discussion is, they send me a text, do you have time? I think, okay, what's happening now? Oh, can you come and have coffee with me? And I'm like, okay. And then I hear the story and I say, what do you want? What is it that you met? You know, mm -hmm. Because right now, Everything is fast. Let's get married. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And oh my, the way you know that girl looks really good, or man, that looks good, you know, or whatever. And oh, that's my ex-girlfriend. She just wants to come and give me the cat, you know, or whatever, you know. Uh, hopefully, we are all aware of what we need and how we do it. But ask the questions and ask the concerns, and ask what you truly want, and ask them, whoever it is, male or female, what they truly. Want. Mm -hmm. And some people will give you lots of happy things, but not what you need. Because I've seen it with people that have money, don't have money, um, have three or four boyfriends, three or four girlfriends, you know, mm -hmm. and 
And they say, well, they're just friends. I said, okay. But I can go on and on. And you look at her like she's going to follow us. No, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. Well, unfortunately, like I said, poor Maria, because she's more like me than ever. She's very picky. She's uh, very outspoken in terms of how she believes her lifestyle should be <laughs> and her care. And guess what? You all should be like that. <laughs> I agree. And so it's not, I'm not just comparing my daughter, but I'm also comparing my son, who sometimes he's doing things, I'm going like, I would never do that. And I have to keep my tongue shut, or my mouth shut, you know, because he doesn't care what I have to say. But you have to care about yourself mm-hmm. and the people that you want in your lives. And they have to care for each other. And that's been something that Joel and I have always had together. And, you know, I sometimes am very, like I said, prickly. So when Joel's very calm about it, and he'll let me, you know, practically throw myself on the floor. And then once I get up and get to a normal place, <laughs> he says, okay, let's go do something else. <laughs> let's go have lunch at Windsor's. Oh, there you go. That's so, I mean, yeah, so, that's um, a very nice restaurant. Yeah. So... <laughs> well, we're gonna go into the whimsical question part. So this oh, is this is not. That's not what we're no, no. I'm giving you an ending. No, not end. <laughs> Thank you for the ending. Ask, ask me the whimsical questions. <laughs> well, whoever wants to answer them, so we each ask about three, two to three different questions, and as may or may not have nothing to do with the story, and it's just like fun yeah. questions. So, uh, if you two were leading a heist, a heist of any sort, so heist or heist. heist Heist like like burberry, a, burberry. like you're stealing something. Oh. <laughs> so if you two were leading a heist, uh, who would the other four people be in your heist? Whether it's friends, family, celebrities, anybody, uh, and then what would you be stealing? Well, it wouldn't be a celebrity because I've, most of those celebrities have done very little worth celebrating, but. <laughs> Sure. Mm-hmm. And it would, and I know if we did, I don't have specific names in mind, but I know what Yolanda's role would be. Whatever it is we're stealing, to look up the product rating on, on <laughs> somewhere. Make sure it's worth stealing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get yourself ten year jail sentence, you might as well be have it worthwhile. I don't know what we would steal. You know, you'd steal I know Yolanda might steal a Maserati. <laughs> no, I don't need to steal one. Good one. To be honest with you, I'm more personal in the sense that I would steal a country that needs help. Oh. And then I would look for people that have the same kind of beliefs and ideas that I need and get them involved and make sure, and I would make sure that it was successful. Mm-hmm. Because we have a lot of countries that are suffering. If you're giving me a of goal and if I wanted to have it, that's what I ask for because whimsical money doesn't count. It counts whenever you get it, you know. But changing the world to something that's much better for individuals or a country that's dying, that lost millions of people through the pandemic, mm-hmm. all of these things, it could have been helped. Could have been, excuse me, that's not political. It's just my personal feeling that if you ask me a whimsical question, it's going to be really out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what there is. It's just to get to know other people. Mm-hmm. It's just to get to know people more. That's the point. Okay. You know me, I'm always in the middle of something, trying to do something. 
if you're able to have like a perfect date night and there wasn't a budget for it, um, just a night of, of indulging in something very nice, very special, what would that include? Well, I assume it would include a dinner somewhere. But, <laughs> but if you could choose any place. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it would be in California because we're from California. I, I don't know. One night? I mean, if we won the lottery, I, I think... The one thing I would not want to do if we won the lottery is to buy a house somewhere because I, I do not want to deal with that, with real estate anymore. <laughs> As an accountant, I, I understand that we you would, probably have would. a full understanding of the bearings of that. Yeah, yeah. But we would, there's people we would help, there's organizations we would help. Uh, there's children we might even consider helping. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is you. Yeah, but one night. Here's my comment on that. Sure. I was born January 11th. Mm -hmm. I celebrate. January 11th, all the month of January. <laughs> and sometimes it even goes into March, April, and May because there are times that my friends are not available. And, look, and we have to celebrate our birthdays. Mm -hmm. So my Saturdays would be continuous. I don't stop at just one day. One night is not enough for me. Anything. I love that answer so much. <laughs> I also, that resonates with me on a very big level. <laughs> what was that? I, I relate to that. Note, that. note that she only, she's very adept at this. You notice she only, she went, she only went through May, my birthday's in June. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you get a choice of whatever you want to do. Yes, yes, yes. But I have, I have friends that are January 11 friends because we do our birthdays together. And they're so... They actually are January 11th. They're fading because of the fact that uh, they're traveling all over and mm -hmm. doing stuff or they've passed away or they have some issues. But I don't limit myself to one night. <laughs> I never would live my life with just one night of whatever I wanted to do. I want it forever and ever and ever. He's my forever. Oh. And so, I mean, I don't go, that's a small question for me. Sure. You know, I want it to be on and on. And I always look for things. I'm, if you don't know Maria, I look for things that I want, and then I go out and get it. So that's my Saturday, and then I want something else. But it may not be just for me. But I mean, so I had to give you my background first. Before <laughs> I so I, I for me, I, I need to have, if I'm going to have something posh, I'm going to go posh. Good. You may understand this. One of us is very practical, and the other one is very forced-looking. And I've always looked forced-looking. And what's nice about his practicality, he fits it into whatever the forward-looking that we're doing. So for us, when you ask us simple things, it's not about money for us. It's about how we can get what we want. And whether it's not for personal things, but also for the things that we see are needed ever. Okay. All right. So next so, question. question. <laughs> uh, this is more uh, a little. They still sound very whimsical, by the way. <laughs> they are. <laughs> They're supposed to be just that whimsical. <laughs> we're, we're more philosophical. Well, I think I think the thing is too is that most of our guests that we've had so far have been our age, That's and true. so I think the what like you're talking about when when it comes to the ideas of what we want. Yeah. We have. There's so much 
life left to live, hopefully. Uh, and you have lived a lot of that life, seemingly very rich in, in meaning and in things that matter to you. So it makes sense that these questions aren't so simple to you as they might be in that, like, maybe what I want is just, like, I just want to, like, have a really high-end glass of wine yeah. <laughs> with, like, a good friend and, like, go to a spa. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because to me, that's not something I can do regularly or on a day. And, um, you know, let me stop. Sure. You can have it whenever you want it. The only one that stops you from doing that is you. Thank and you. so don't ever say that you have to have only one thing one time or six months down the road. Because it's not true. You're here 24-7. You're here for whatever. Why would you stop doing what you want to do? And you seek what you want and ask for it. I mean, I'm sorry, but to me, I don't stop. (laughs) My body may want to stop me, but don't ever give up on that good bottle of wine. You have a full life to live. Don't blend it yourself. Before, Before her birthday this year, before Yolanda's birthday this year, Maria texted me the suggestion that we get her a gift certificate for Shutterfly, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, as long as you're prepared to teach her about it. <laughs> in fact, I brought the paperwork with us. Oh, that's right. I have to do and, that, right? Yes, it's we have to do that while we're in town. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but I do a lot of crazy things. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to try and do it. No, I'll, here's, my, here's my practical adjustment to what Yolanda said. You can have anything you want. You just can't have everything you want, at least not All right away. Yeah. There are trade-offs. Trade-offs in terms of present-day trade-offs in terms of time. This is more of a, a nostalgic type of question. As what's our, what was your favorite vacation that the four of us took? Me, you, uh, Nathan, and yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That everybody enjoyed? I mean, just like one that's maybe like the most memorable, maybe. Most okay, memorable. most memorable. I'm going to answer that one. It wasn't always the most enjoyable because there were a few moments in it that weren't so enjoyable, but it was yeah. a trip we took. Not the trains, please. Not the trains. Yes, the trains. Oh, God. It wasn't the train itself. No, the, the train it, was it was the memory that invoked, but it was the rest of the trip. It, we went to Chicago. Yolanda had some kind of conference here. We came here. Unfortunately, some of the relatives we met and stayed with have passed away, but there, some of them are still here. Then we took a a drive to to Cleveland. That's when we ducked into Michigan for a few minutes. I'd been in Indiana previously. One of our cousins lives there. Uh, we went to. We wound up in Cleveland at six thirty at night, and they had some happy hour with tacos, really bad tacos that gave rise to Maria's famous. Uh, Maria's thesis that the farther away you get from Mexico, the worse the Mexican food is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wound up having to, we were going to take a train to Philadelphia, and the train got canceled because there was something on the track back near Toledo, so we had to go back. We went through Philadelphia, went through, went through Gettysburg, which we wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's a very impressive place. I recommend everyone see it at some point. But Philadelphia, the, the, the it was terrible weather, and Yolanda, or not, not Yolanda, Maria and I did the obligatory run up the steps of the art museum. And they, From they, the Rocky movie. They, they moved the statue of Rocky. I was so sad. I was so sad. Uh, it's totally unacceptable. Then, then there was a 
a train to Newark, New Jersey in a wild bus ride, which I'm not going to go into all the details. But And then, a, then the train trip back to Chicago, which was like 20 hours and really cold and a lot of other not so nice things. And then, they, and then they left our suitcases on, at the station somewhere. Oh, because we asked if the train took luggage, and they said yes when the train did not take luggage. So our luggage was in but, New but, York. But as unple- I mean, even things in your life that at the time are not pleasant create memories. I mean, you buy something, you spend money on that, and, you know, it might be good, and it'll last you a while, and then, but there isn't. Here we are. This what I'm talking about. This trip I'm talking about took place 20 years ago, um, and it was our first trip to New York City. We wound up going back a couple of times and spending a week there. All we got that day was a, a bus trip, which it was a good bus trip. I mean, it went past the some of the landmarks of the TV show Friends, which <laughs> Maria would never miss an episode at the time, mm-hmm. and it's memorable. I mean, was it the most fun? I'm sure there were a couple that were fun, but uh, (laughs) that were more fun in terms of activities at the time, but they weren't, again, I can't remember the details 20 years later or whenever they took place. Mm -hmm. So my husband likes to say that I'm a car candidate, you know, I like to look at cars and say, well, I buy this car. Our first part of our marriage was Maserati, and for 38 years, I wanted a Maserati. They don't have the Maseratis I'd like to have, because they're all made really bad now. Excuse me, Maserati people, but that's what it is. <laughs> However, during that trip, I think we went to the music... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, as crazy as Janice Joplin was, she had a carbon Gia that's in there, and I I want that one. (laughs) So I spent at least 10 years looking for a Carmen Ghia that I really wanted, because when I was in college, and I was in college at five years old. You're um, a very young college student. Carmen Ghias were everywhere, because it was just like a Volkswagen, but a nice one. And I never found one that I really wanted until we went to Palm Desert. California, and this man, in a very rich area, this man had redone an entire car. I literally stood there and looked at it, and the guy came out because we were at a, at a restaurant. He says, you like my car? I said, I love your car. And we had this half-hour conversation <laughs> about his car, and to me, that always reminded me of that trip because the Carmen Gia came back from a history of being in college. Mm-hmm in Oakland, or Santa, what's it called, uh, Berkeley, to this. Every now and then I have a friend that looks for a Carmen Gia that I might want. So, poor Joel, he's just waiting for me not to get, to figure out which car I'm really going to spend money on. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you $300,000 for that. <laughs> that would, just giving me what would be the best trip we had as a family, that was not the best trip. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most memorable. I don't know. I don't. I 
don't like freezing on a train that doesn't have any heat. <laughs> I, was covering, I was covering my lap with the newspaper. Our mo mom covered Nathan and I in newspapers because it was so cold on the train. And then getting to Chicago and having no clothes yeah. after four days. And then having our cousin Jean had all these shirts that he let us wear. For, for in this high school he taught at. Okay. I was thinking about that, and I think, I don't know if you know this, but I told you I'm a traveler, and I've also traveled with my family. You know, if I go, not then they can. So, ideal kids to be in an airplane. They got together with their little packet of stuff that they were going to work on the plane. They had their food, and they did this, and they did that. So every now and then they'd have trouble because their ears would pop, or they had something, but you know, they weren't crying, you know, they would sit there and do, you know, they were ready, they were traveling, they were ready with their things and doing stuff. <laughs> so we got to travel because they didn't know that you were supposed to be bad on a plane or that you were supposed to be sick on a plane. You just traveled because you wanted to travel. You know? And so given that, and it's not because of money again, what we wanted we went and got. Okay. So we have several Disney tours in in. LA as well as in, you know, the, what is it called? Florida. 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 What's the name of the city? Orlando. Orlando. And they were all fun. And we were doing them together. You know, I mean, Maria loves books, if you didn't know that. Maria loves reading. Maria loves, Nathan likes anything with Star Wars or mechanical <laughs> things. And the rest, you know, I just walk around and do stuff. And I find stuff and I do it. But, you know, they were doing their wonderful things. And we all did it. We did the rides together. We did all this. Right? We went to my in-laws invited us to a cruise where we went to northern, uh, what was it, England, and then up to the Baltic Sea. Yeah. And we went into Russia and things like that. And they paid for it, okay, which is nice. But it was a wonderful trip because, number one, we got to be by themselves, and they had a whole place where they could play with other kids on the plane, on the boat. And so I always thought that was very memorable, not because of the money, but because of the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, the most, again, I'm very that way, but the most po uh, positive thing that happened was when we were in Russia, and we went to the, what's the name of the, the Hermitage? Hermitage. Hermitage. The Hermitage. When we got off the bus to go to the Hermitage, there were people wanting money, you know, and they were on the floor, you know how it is always. And Nathan stood there and said, we have to help this person. We can't go to this. Nathan was seven at the time. Yeah. And Maria says, but then Maria, you know, if you don't know her, she's very soft-hearted. And I said, no, we can't. We're in Russia, number one. You know? I, felt, I was just crying. I felt bad for them. Yeah. She was crying because it was Saturday. Right. So for me, that was very kind because I said, oh, they're here having fun, but they can't handle what's happening to people. So and then you know, the, the guy was saying, well, don't get too close because they can steal your money. And I said, it's okay. I said, it's all right. We'll do okay. And so I grabbed the kids, and I said, Joel, take them up there. And then I had it on some money, and, you know, and I said, that's as much as we can do, because we don't know where we're at, and we can get all sorts of stuff. But the idea that you could go anywhere, because you were blessed to be there, and to learn about the history of the Baltics, and 
brush done and all this. I'm, I'm also an artsy fartsy person. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know, that hermitage was for me. You know, I'm saying, this is only one place. I'm sorry, I'm going to stick over here because there's all these other things they stole, you know. And so for me, that trip was wonderful, you know, because it was something that we all had some heart in us. And then the Disney stuff is because we did family events and family things. And they also learned what they wanted from it, you know. Last night, uh, Maria and a couple of the other girls on oh, yeah. did the, they did the Spice Girls. Yeah, that's the other part. Which yeah. was, I had. <laughs> they played the Spice Girls, yeah. They were that was Scary Spice. Yeah, that's right. And you guys were out there. Maybe. She was. She you was know, Maria, she's so shy. <laughs> the shyest. Yeah. Actually, anyway, anyway, those are the, as a family, those stand out because they repeat themselves as integration wanted was always have an opportunity to teach your family that they can do anything and build on that you know and also that they it's not about them it's about where they're at what they learn what they get well I my that kind of leads into what I wanted to ask next which was (laughs) I just want to know uh, where you would like to travel next I've been thinking about it for at least well since we've been stuck Sure. You know, is the Northern Lights. I would also love to see the Northern Lights mm-hmm. on my bucket list. But I'm very picky again. <laughs> so I have to find the right ship, the right boat, the safe. They're all sanitized. They're all everything. Mm-hmm. And I have insurance in case something happens. But I also, so I pick something and I say, this is the one I'm going to. And I want the best of the best, you know, that Saturday thing. Mm-hmm. But not just for me, but for the loved ones that I have. So Jill just has a heart attack every time I talk about, oh, look well, at this one and this I one. Could, Wait, I'm not finished, sir. No, <laughs> you could ask you, your you better get finished. <laughs> <laughs> you skip to stop the way. But it's, if I wanted to travel, that's where I would go. And yeah. if that doesn't happen, because it's not, I'm a practical person too. But, you know, I look to the phone and I say, if I go, it's going to be with a group of people that I want to be with, just my family. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's one. That is the woo kind of thing. But if not, I'd also like to travel the, the, the area between Chicago and Canada mm. on a boat. The, and again, my... My general philosophy about things is that life is a series of choices, and every time she shows me something about the Northern Lights, the times you would go are in winter. Uh, are you aware of the fact that in that part of the world, in winter, it is really <laughs> cold? Did Yolanda mention what she feels about really cold? Did Yolanda mention that she wears heavy jackets and she stays in places that are very warm when she is in cold areas? Mm-hmm. That only works so far. <laughs> But I, I want—I do want to see more of my country. Uh, you know, I—I've never lived in any other country, and and I realize that there are huge chunks of this country. I mean, you drive through places that are kind of off the beaten path, even if, and you realize there are actually millions of people who live in these places. And we were driving through—we were driving to San Diego last year, and we decided it take a different road because the road, the most direct route is pretty, full of, yeah, full of 
full of trucks and other yuckies. So we went towards Los Angeles and then cut across. And we were going through part of a county. I mean, I grew up in Southern California. I thought I knew, I knew my way around. I'd never been through this road. And you see, in California, you see, when you pass into another city, it gives you the population. So, you know, Mr. Numbers here is just adding up. You would pass through five, six cities. And, my God, there's a million people who live here. And I had, I had only had the scantest idea that this place even existed. Uh, you know, and national parks, uh, which are definitely not on the most beaten path. We've been to the Grand Canyon. We've been to Yosemite. We've been to Yellowstone. Yeah, I can't think what else. But there are a lot of other parks that aren't in the West. And that's a visit of Buffalo. Niagara Falls. No, Buffalo. Wanted to stay in Yosemite. Yosemite. And Yosemite. Yeah, we been well that stood in front of our car and then he could bought his friend. Oh that was yeah, that was yeah with Yellowstone. Oh Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. That was fun. Don't breathe. Yeah. Yeah, People's concept of bears are yo e bear and uh, you know jellystone. Yellowstone and said those bears are actually darn, darn dangerous. I don't know if it's him or not. Oh. But I, you know, again, I want to see more of my country. I've only had the scantest experience in New England, significant parts of the South. Uh, the Midwest isn't the big cities, you know, the plain states. I mean, we spent one evening in Iowa 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when our cousin got married. And just see, I've only lived in, I've lived in three places in my life, all big metropolitan cities, LA, the Bay Area, and Phoenix. And I know there's a big, beautiful country out there where people, lots of people live in, there's lots of things. I'd like to see some more, I don't have a specific trip in mind, but uh, I, get, I think that trip through the New England states is manageable, it'd be a lot of it driving, but it's not that far. I mean, you could do the whole loop of New England and the time it takes you to get to L.A. Well, we've talked about all that, because you know, mm -hmm. we like to do the fall weather. Holiday next. We tried to do, remember when we went to Oh, oh, oh Cape, Cape Cod. Yeah. We got a little taste of that, but it was just, that was all it was. It was a little taste. And the Florida? Florida. 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 Key West. Oh. We've, we've talked about that. You know, when I, my knees were better, I wanted to cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to make them go work so that I can do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we like that kind of stuff where we can go, like, go to the mountains and the hills and stuff too. Mm -hmm. But right now we're just slowing down because we're just trying to figure out how to travel now these days. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so this question, uh, was, I think, because you both love music, and <laughs> <laughs> so you could pick. The one song like to be introduced to introduced as so it's like okay welcome to stage Joel Kanaka welcome to stage Yolanda Kanaka what would that song be? Well, to introduce me, I, I think it would be it would also tell you something about where I'm from because I grew up. If you can imagine the real the, the chunk of land south of LA Airport, have you ever been to LA? I haven't actually. I haven't been to California, which is. One place I really want to go. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, it's a place called the South Bay. Basically, it's from L.A. Airport, about 15 miles south. Mm -hmm. And the place that, one of the nicknames I've given to that place, has an official name called the South Bay, but it's Beach Boys Country. 
that's where they're from, and in my era. So I think the first, my walk-up music, if you will, is using baseball slang, would probably be I Get Around. <laughs> I know that song very well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What about you, Mom? I'm trying to remember how to sing it so I can sing it. Round, round, get around. Not your song. <laughs> I'll sing her song, too. <laughs> no, you would. Oh, probably not. It's a song my mom used to sing to us. And I sang it to you the last time you visited us. Mm-hmm. because it just hits me. But she was a singer. And she was, a, you know, very much like Maria. She's made, she's named after her. Mm-hmm. It's a Spanish song. Mm-hmm. Una vida, una vida nueva. Cielito lindo. Cielito. Yeah, yeah. Cielito lindo. No llore. I can't remember. That's a good song. I mean, it, you know, I, I sing it through the house, you know. Yeah. But, I, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, a, it's a house. It's a, it's a song that my mom used to sing to all of us. And we'd spend all the time singing. I mean, I have a bunch of songs. In fact, right now I have hearing aids, and I hear everything in my ears first because it gets there. And I don't know that because I hear it here. <laughs> in fact, to anyone who doesn't know what the song when I mentioned Ciolito Lindo, I just say that's the I I I I song. Yeah, it's yeah. played at every everything. I can't remember right now, but I you know you yeah. I'll wake up and I'll speak. Maybe um, we just have one more, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's a simple one, I think. <laughs> I thought the music would be simple. <laughs> I just, all I want to know is your favorite meal. Simple. Favorite meal. You want me to say uh, it or you, you uh, say it? Well, I, it's not that I have it that often, but fried chicken. Oh, okay. There, I, I, I can't get it. I mean, I haven't been to a KFC in more than a decade, probably Don't. 15 years. <laughs> to me, that isn't fried chicken. I'm not sure what that is, but <laughs> I used to go there from time to time. Mm-hmm. So I don't have it that often, but there are there aren't that many restaurants that serve the stuff, and I don't really I don't really care to make the stuff. Mm-hmm. I, there was a after five years of Maria telling me about <laughs> it, we finally made it to Harold's the other night. And your review? Uh, very good. Not as good as Lolo's at the place in Phoenix. It's good. What do you mean? I could eat it. It's gluten free. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I'm the one answering the question right now. Okay. And, Answer away. And then there's another Windsor's are one of our go-to's near us. I probably have it three or four times a year. What about oh. you, Mom? What was the question? <laughs> Your favorite meal. It's real simple. Actually, I'll add an additional part of it. But rice, beans, and tortillas. Corn tortillas. Mm. And vegetables and fruit. Mm-hmm. You give me that, I'm happy. And sometimes, it used to be cheese, too, but cheese doesn't like me anymore. One of my old roommates uh, is a Latina and she would make me her grandmother's rice and beans, and it was one of the most amazing dishes. Mm. It was so, it was great. I would eat that any day of the week. I appreciate you all coming, Julie. Do you have anything you want to say? No, it was really lovely to hear your story, and I thank you so much for sharing it. Um, I mean, that is a big part of why Maria and I wanted to do this, is because I think there's so much to gain from taking time to listen to each other's stories, and they're so unique to those people. Um, but there's also so much to take from that that you can bring to your own uh, perspective. So it's always really lovely to hear something so, especially something that is lasted for so long, your your relationship and, and everything that you've uh, brought to that. So uh, I just am really grateful to have been able to hear it and actually be in person to hear it as well. Yeah.
So I'm glad to know that it's been effective for you. But you are the generation that's changing the world, and you need to recognize that and do it with things that you want to do mm -hmm. versus what you're told to do. And that's the part I like about how expressive and how dynamic you all are doing this. I wouldn't, I'd probably get in trouble, because, but you guys have developed a skill and you're using modern technology to do it. And this is how people now communicate. Mm -hmm. You might as well share it with everybody. Joel and Yolanda Kanapkin are my parents and I'm so happy to have them here. If you want to have more information about them, follow Sparks of Madness podcast on Instagram. <laughs> You can follow Sparks of Madness on Instagram at Sparks of Madness Podcast. Sparks of Madness is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Literally, if you ever pick up the basketball encyclopedia and you, there's an article called Players You Hate Until They're On Your Team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, did you know that? Uh, not that specifically about Maria. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. We've, we've gone to games she where that her, her uh, coach wanted to kick her out. And she, <laughs> she was... Just too competitive, or oh yeah, she was on a guy's team once, and she put some guy in his rear end. Well, he probably deserved it. He yeah. did. He did. <laughs> and then we played them again, and Maria came into the building. Her, this guy's poor guy's teammate for point. She's back. <laughs> I, I Not see. only that, but he retaliated, and then the rest of her team, which were all males, sat on the guy. And I mean, sat on the poor guy. And that guy was like crying and stuff. <laughs> that is quite a story. Yeah, um, it's it's. I like it. It's fun.